Hey everyone, Craig Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. And I have plenty of wonderful merch in my store, and the link is in my show notes. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. I'm Craig Baird, and this is From John to Justin. We've now reached our fourth premier of Manitoba, and the province is only four years old. That's a lot of premiers in a very short amount of time. This premier would be the first to serve more than two years, and the first to go through an election. His name is Robert Atkinson Davis. Davis was born on March 9, 1841, in Dudswell, Lower Canada. His paternal grandfather had been a soldier who immigrated to Lower Canada with his wife. His father, Thomas, was a pioneer farmer and married a woman who had immigrated from the United States. He also attended McGill University and St. Francis College, and he began to work as a schoolteacher. And while he did attend McGill, he never finished. As a young man, he spent time in the United States working for mining companies in the Rockies, promising to return back to Canada when he had saved $5,000. Eventually, he made his way up to the Red River area, arriving on May 10, 1870. According to legend, he met Louis Riel shortly before the end of the Red River resistance. He came upon the Red River to a place where Riel was located. He swam across and called out to the guards in French. Riel came out and met with Davis, with the two speaking French as Davis was fluent. A few months later, in September, Davis bought a hotel and soon began opening more stores in Winnipeg. His hotel and saloon was the social centre for the Anglophones of the area, as well as the troops sent to the area in response to the Red River resistance. Alexander Begg wrote, The hotel nonetheless proved to be a bonanza to its new proprietor, being crowded from morning to night with the many strangers visiting the town as well as the volunteers stationed at Fort Garry. That same year, he married Susan True, and the couple had a daughter. His wife sadly died only two years later, and Davis was distraught over the loss of his wife, and he sent his new daughter to Patterson, New Jersey, to be raised by his sister-in-law. He began to fill his time with politics, and he emerged as a spokesperson for the new Ontario immigrants who opposed the monopoly the Hudson's Bay Company had in the area, as well as the prominence of the Métis in Manitoba politics. He also challenged the Hudson's Bay Company Commissioner Donald Alexander Smith for the presidency of the influential Provincial Agriculture Association, and while he lost the race, it ignited a desire to get further into politics for him. He was elected to the Protestant School Board and then the Winnipeg Board of Trade. He also founded the Grange, a fraternal society in the city. He also became the leader of the patrons of husbandry, who would use their influence to help him take the next step. In 1873, he was named to assistance committee to draft the bill to incorporate Winnipeg. When the terms of incorporation were changed, he blamed the Hudson's Bay Company for interfering. In April 1874, Davis entered provincial politics when he won in a by-election, and he quickly emerged as a key figure in the opposition in the legislature. He was the one to introduce the no-confidence vote to bring down the government. And when the government fell, Davis became the provincial treasurer under the Mark Girard government. 
It was his goal to eliminate the debt of the province and achieve better terms from the federal government. Unfortunately, the Girard government didn't last long due to tensions and it soon fell. Davis was the only minister not to resign in the ensuing crisis and he was called on to form government. At the time of becoming premier, he was only 33 years old. In order to achieve a democratic balance, he appointed Joseph Royal, a French-Canadian, as his provincial secretary. The two men then became the representatives for the Anglophones and Francophones in the government and province. Some of the Anglophones were not happy about the influence Royal had in the government, but Davis alleviated this when he appointed John Norquay to be the cabinet minister, despite serving as leader of the opposition. This compromise helped satisfy everybody. Three weeks later, in the December 30, 1874 election, the second in the history of Manitoba, Davis was re-elected, winning by 15 votes in his own riding. His party was also re-elected, and for the next four years, Davis served as the Premier of Manitoba. As Premier, he had to maintain a balance between the English and French sides of his party. He also had to ensure Métis representation, and he appointed Charles Nolan, which caused backlash among anti-French supporters. Nolan eventually resigned and John McKay was appointed. Due to his willingness to compromise, the Winnipeg Daily Free Press called him disloyal to Canada. As a result, Davis offered William Fisher Luxton, the editor of that newspaper, a cabinet post in the government. His fluency in French allowed him to work with the Francophones in the government, and his government did uphold the dual education system and limited land speculation on Métis lands. He would also introduce a bill to create municipal governments in the province. In 1876, he married Elizabeth McGonagall. They had met six months earlier on a train, and despite her husband being Premier of Manitoba, she never actually moved to the province. In his time as Premier, Davis tried to reduce the debt through an increased federal subsidy. He took a trip to Ottawa to speak with Prime Minister Alexander Mackenzie, only to be frustrated in his efforts to gain more money from the federal government. He told friends that if things did not improve, he would possibly look to the United States. Through his negotiations, he was eventually able to gain the image of a capable manager of the finances of the province, and he eventually achieved that increased subsidy and was able to eliminate the provincial debt. He also had the Legislative Council abolished as it was made up of unelected officials. On February 6, 1877, a mass meeting was held in Winnipeg and Davis stated he would support a motion to build a railway bridge to Winnipeg and a line from the city to the western limits of the province. He then put forward a proposal that the planned Transcontinental Railway be built through Winnipeg rather than Selkirk, which would be the case and would help Winnipeg become one of the major cities on the Canadian prairies. In 1878, Davis resigned as Premier and moved to the United States where he became a successful businessman in Chicago. He spent much of his later years travelling on the profits of his business. A private man, he was not known to donate money, but the editor of a Chicago newspaper did say that at one point, he gave $6,000 to pay the mortgage for a local church. In 1890, Mrs. Matilda Bruns of Moorhead, Minnesota charged him with breach of promise, seduction, and libel. He denied the charges, but an inquiry was held where 20 to 30 witnesses were called up to state that they knew of a liaison that had taken place between the two, possibly while Davis was premier. Six years later, Davis and his wife separated. He eventually died of Bright's disease in Phoenix on January 7, 1903. By this point, he was mostly forgotten in Manitoba, and not a single news story announced his death. I hope you enjoyed that episode and our look at Robert Davis. Next week, we're looking at our fifth premier, John Norquay. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Biography, Wikipedia, and Memorable Manitobans.
If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many you can sink your teeth into. We also love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those links in the show notes.